just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to see you. How you how you feeling? You're Things are good. Things are good. Thanks for having me. Nah, thank you so much for coming on. It's good to see you here. Oh, dude, love the fedora, by the way. Oh, thanks. thanks. I'm having a bad hair day, so. Really? I had to go. Yeah, I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me. I have to, I need a haircut really badly, but unfortunately, money's a little tight, so I can't get one just yet. But hopefully people will accept my bushwhacker appearance, so. I can't uh, see you. Am I supposed to be able to see you? Yeah. Actually, we're live right now, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. Oh, now I can see you. Yeah. Uh, just to let okay, you know. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's good to see you here today. Good to have everyone here in the chat as well. Welcome to the JB Font Show. My name is James Fontleroy. I am your host, the hostess with the most. This is so good to see you all here. Just to let you guys know that the JB Font Show is also available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. You can find me there on the JB Show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RBN, and you can catch me on the Roundtable at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. And yes, I'll be on there this evening too. So make sure to give this video a thumbs up. And if you are new to the channel, I want you to take that gorgeous, beautiful finger, that thumb, and just press the subscribe button really quick just to, you know, uh, let me know that you actually like what you're watching. Uh, please make sure to click that link bell, too. And also, a huge thank you to all my patrons on Patreon and Coffee. Without you guys, I would not have a show. To be honest with you, <laughs> I wouldn't have anything, really. So I really appreciate you guys actually keeping the lights on. Also, just to let you guys know, I'm also available on, oh my god, Rumble. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason I'm forgetting the word. But yeah, please uh, make sure to subscribe there as well. Everyone in the chat, it is so good to see all of you here today. I am seeing all of y'all. Uh, let me see, Omar Rona, RIP Shireen, so good to see you here in the chat as well. Savvy Savs is in here and accounted for so good to see you by the way it was good to see you on jimmy's show a couple weeks back uh eric is so good to see you here too matthew lerma terry Connolly, snorky see jimmy i see if i had the amount of subs that you had i couldn't do this because you have so many you have hundreds <laughs> of thousands so it kind of be unfair you you would have to basically, you, you know those guys who uh, read the, the, the disclaimers really fast on ads? You would basically have to do that just to go through everybody who's in the chat. Okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> they used to have a guy uh, that he did commercials when in the 80s where he would talk real fast. FedEx did a commercial with him and a couple other people. I'm dating myself by saying this. I'm aging myself. What do they say? Dating myself. Yeah, I shouldn't rec I shouldn't talk about that. But anyway, how are you? Let's get into it. What do you want to talk about? Oh man, I am good. Uh, one of the things that I actually wanted to talk about, uh, and, and this is actually my first question. Uh, you're a political commentator, comedian, advocate, free speech absolutist, all that. 
Uh, can you give? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Some people are like, "Oh my God, he's a free speech absolutist." What? Like, yeah, duh. You know, slippery slopes. Yeah, you and know, all. like the first. You mean I believe in the First Amendment? Yeah, that's yeah. That that didn't used to be uh, uh, shameful before. I I brought I was brought up to believe in the First Amendment, so I I still do. Well, I mean, look. Let's be honest. I mean, there, you have a lot of people who um, now now I don't necessarily believe someone like Elon Musk is truly for free speech because I mean, hey, he's a he's a um, a union buster, but at the same time. Um, as far as the people who some would decry as, oh my God, they have horrible opinions. Why take them out of Twitter? Because the thing is, is that free speech is free speech. I mean, unless it's something that is, you know, uh, going to threaten the lives of other people. I mean, you know, I mean, going against it is really a huge slippery slope. Yeah, again, I'll just reiterate that I believe in the First Amendment, and uh, that doesn't have anything to do with Elon Musk or anybody else. It yeah. just has to do with the First Amendment, and uh, and if you don't believe in the First Amendment, then you're a bit of a censor, and you're a bit of an authoritarian, and uh, that's that's not good. I'm all for the... And there's this idea that I need a, a nanny state to protect me from ideas and thoughts is just complete bullshit. What it really is is that the establishment needs to control the narrative because we're in end-stage capitalism. Yeah. And they don't have any things that are, they don't have any, their programs are now being manifest as failures, right? When half the country is poor and low income, 80% of workers live paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. uh, 90 million Americans don't have health insurance or are underinsured. Uh, I think so, I thought, I saw that stat, like 60-some percent of people get cancer, go bankrupt. There's people living under every, but we're giving $40 billion in lethal to kill people, but we won't give $40 billion to our 40 biggest cities to clean up homelessness, which it could do that twice over. So yeah. it's so this is this is the end of the game here, and the the and so all they have left is narrative control. So that's what this is about. This isn't about protecting fucking minorities. They the, the establishment doesn't use censorship to protect minorities. Okay, the yeah. establishment uses censorship to protect the fucking establishment from truth tellers, and they've always had, and they've always used it against minorities. Don't yeah. fucking listen to that shit. They they wanted to put the NAACP in jail for violence that for their words. Because they said, oh, their words are inciting violence in the 60s. So they've always said that. So don't fall for that shit. So this idea that somehow censorship on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube is somehow there to protect minority groups, is a, uh, that's called propaganda. And that's just like identity politics. Identity mm -hmm. politics aren't there to help the people yeah. that identify with identity politics. They're there to keep you from making economic progress, which is why the corporations right. are now embra embracing identity politics hook, line, and sinker. And it's done, it doesn't it doesn't take a genius to see through this. Well, I mean, if we're talking... I can do it, because I can see through it. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're going to talk identity politics... I'm sorry, not identity politics, but we're talking about censorship. I mean, look, uh, wasn't the FBI the same ones that sent a, a letter to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. telling him That's to right. off himself? Like, That's right. Like, like, they really want to silence him, and they did, okay? And also, if we're talking about censorship... Uh, how how was Fred Hampton so dangerous when he was doing free breakfast programs and also doing uh, free free um, uh, clinics? How was he that dangerous? Really? Because he threatened the power of the establishment. 
that censorship led to his death because literally at the tender age of 21, he was killed. So if we're really going to talk about cancellation and censorship, really, we should talk about all the perils that happened to those of us who were on the left, because ultimately, whenever we tried to do anything that's of substantive change by substantive, I'm not talking about just voting. I'm talking about actual direct action. Then guess what? They literally come after us every single time. And you've observed this, too, right, Jimmy? They don't want you to, just like Fred Hampton discovered, and he was making people understand, that uh, poor whites and poor blacks are being oppressed by the same motherfuckers. Yes. Right? And and as soon as people realize that, that they have common interests that they can fight against, and then they can fight about their other problems later, Mm -hmm. as soon as people realize that, that's the threat to the establishment. Yeah. And that's the thing that they have to demonize the most. And that's why everything right now that comes from corporate media is uh, it's all framed to in, inflame the culture war. No matter yeah. what it is that they're reporting, it's mm-hmm. there to inflame the culture war. Right. Yeah. And so whether it be vaccines, I mean, they yeah. did that with medicine. How, how the fuck they do that? I mean, yeah. Trump was a guy who's bragging about Operation Warp Speed and wants everybody. He wants credit for the vaccine, but somehow they've made it into that you're you're against vaccines if you like Trump, and it's just so. But they've made it. They've done that. They've taken a guy like Joe Rogan, who supported Bernie Sanders and has never voted for a Republican in his life, and they yeah. made him seem like he's Hitler. I mean, why? Because he is going to reach out to the other side and make people realize that there's common interest, and that's what they can't have. They can't have people realizing that we have a shared common enemy. Mm-hmm. And don't let identity politics distract us from our shared. We are not going to make economic progress if we get a. You know, I do a joke in my act mm-hmm. about um, uh, if it was 1860, the Democrats wouldn't be f- fixing mm-hmm. uh, slavery. The Democrats would be bragging about their first transgendered slave owner. Yeah. Because that's how identity politics works. And that's how they yeah. keep your eye off the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, to keep us fighting among, we're all uh, anyway. So um, we, we, we can't let that. that that's the, the, the first. That's all they have right now is narrative control and discrediting and smearing people who speak up. That's all they have. And they have to make you think these people are opposite of what they are. Just yeah. like we saw in the release documents. So the. We had a freedom of information request, uh, and we found out through the emails between Dr. Uh, Collins and Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. So Collins ran the NIH, and mm-hmm. Fauci ran the NIAID, and they had conspired together to smear a bunch of scientists from Harvard and Stanford and doctors from mm-hmm. those places to get a negative press on them and smear them and make them seem like fringe, crazy maniacs because they had a different approach to COVID than Fauci and Mm -hmm. Collins did, that the establishment did, that Big Pharma did. So they had a different scientific theory. And so they couldn't debate that, honestly. What they had to do was discredit and smear those people, which is exactly what they did to uh, Dr. Robert Malone, what they did to the guys that was on Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. These people are some of the most cited experts in their field. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone was credited with inventing the mRNA vaccine technology that they built these things off of. Yeah. And uh, they're still trying to make those guys seem like they're crazy. So that's all they have left. They All they have left is discredit, narrative control, censorship, and identity politics. Because look out your window. There's poor people everywhere sleeping under bridges in the richest country the face of the earth has ever seen. And we lock up more people, not per capita, in raw numbers than China does. And mm-hmm. we're talking about liberty. And you saw what George Bush just did last night. Oh, I saw that. Trying, 
He was trying to make Vladimir Putin seem like the bad guy, but he slipped and let it go all the threats. The United States, we're actually the hegemon. We're actually the imperialist. Yeah. We're yeah. actually the fucking people. We're pretending. We're pretending Vladimir Putin is who we are as a nation. It's that's projection. Called projection. Yeah. Right. So that's called shadow projection onto an enemy, or you could call it a whipping boy or whatever you want. That's classic. Freudian and Jungian psychology oh, yeah. that is projecting your shadow, the darkest parts of yourself, onto your enemy, and so you don't have to recognize it in yourself. We are the people who are the evil empire, not Russia. We are the one who has set the world on fire, not Russia. We're the one who went into Libya, occupied Afghanistan for 20 years. We're committing a genocide in Ye yeah. Yemen. We're now invading, we're back in Somalia. Uh -huh. What we're doing in Ethiopia, we're yeah. occupying a third of Syria right now. Which third do you think that is? It's the oil fields. And now we are funding a $40 billion proxy war in Ukraine to use those people as cannon fodder so we can sell more liquefied natural gas to Europe and try to block the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And that is the shit. That is what's happening. Mm -hmm. We're the evil empire. And you yeah. listen to these tricks. They want you to fucking focus on Tucker Carlson. What a fucking charade that is. What a red herring. Tucker Carlson has no power, motherfuckers. And there's a, been 198 mass shootings in this country already this fucking year. Yeah. I wonder why they're focusing on one, and they're misappropriating it. That guy was aligned with Ukraine fucking Nazis, the people who are we, we are funding. So this bullshit narrative that's going on right now yeah. needs to stop, and, yeah. uh, and, and people on the left and the right need to come together and fight against this death economy, which is what this is. Think about that, Jay. Forty billion dollars at the snap of a finger, and they got every goddamn progressive to go along with it. To not only go along, but to support it and not say one thing against it. Imagine if they gave forty billion dollars to the top twenty cities in America. Yeah. They could end fucking homelessness, and they could have a real jobs program, and we could invest in our goddamn country. They're not doing that. This is this is called a failed state. Yeah, it and is. People want to yeah. sit here, and people want to point fingers. And fucking Boogaloo Boys and Tucker Carlson and YouTube hosts. No, they don't want to band together. That's to keep us distracted, Jay, so we don't come together, realize our common enemy, fight them, and overcome them. That's what all this is about right now. Well, you know what? Uh, and, and to add to your point, what are we doing in Somalia right now? In fact, in fact, let me share my screen really quick while you're here, because I actually want to uh, give uh, credit to uh, Black Agenda Report because they actually put out an article uh, about Somalia. And so Black Agenda Report, they're great. If you guys uh, can, Margaret Kimberly, people like Margaret Kimberly and Danny Haifong are part of Black Agenda Report. Uh, please make sure to go ahead and you know subscribe to them regularly. But this was back in 24th of March, 2021. And it says, US government turned Somalia into failed state to steal its oil. This is what it's about. It is always about imperialism. And I actually talked about this a couple of days ago on my show here, is that it talks about imperialism. Um, and it talks about here, it, it, I'll just put the first paragraph. It says, petroleum industry analysts call Somalia promising one of the last truly unexploited oil frontiers, and major firms are keen to profit there. Shell, ExxonMobil, for example, paid Mogadishu $1.7 million in 2019 for a 30-year rights to offshore blocks, and Somalia launched its first offshore oil and gas exploration licensing round last year to attract other companies. So it's never about actually spreading democracy. It's never about 
uh, actually giving, you know, people, you know, a, a better foundation to live. It's only about the corporations. And what the, one of the things you that you harped on, which I fully agree, is that it's about class. Now, as a black man, I think class and race do intertwine. But at the same time, we have to come together with other people of the same class because truth be told they're screwing us all over and so this is one of the reasons why people like me people like you uh savvy savs revolutionary blackout network uh mcsc network all of us are talking about it and the thing is is that people are now waking up and this is what they're afraid of is that the fact that people are waking up look i am black gay and disabled look my life is shit right now, right? And the thing is, like, I, I'm literally, I'm literally have a GoFundMe on my page. But the thing is, is that why? It's because, and, and like I said earlier in the tweet, just because you're poor, it is not your fault that you grew up in a system that is designed to keep you under. It's not your fault, and that's why I keep telling people. You know what's interesting? Uh... Uh, to me is if people refuse to accept the one party rule in America I mean oh, to yeah. get elected AOC the first time the first time she got elected when she came on my show when nobody mm-hmm. knew who she was she would say that we don't have a left wing party in America she would say we have two right wing parties and we can't even get a vote on it, Medicare for all those were words that came out of her mouth true and so people still want to know, still, there's a big push, I don't know if you've noticed, to, play, to, to keep playing that game. And that somehow you're a nihilist if you don't support a pro-war anti-worker party. Mm-hmm. Uh, that somehow makes you a nihilist. Now, I think that makes you a uh, the exact opposite. I think the people who give up and then just support their oppressor, I, I don't know what you call that, but that sounds pretty nihilistic to me, just giving up and yeah. ignoring the reality that you are enabling your oppressor when you vote for the Democratic Party, when you donate for the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. when you pretend that there's a, a material difference between those two parties right now. Yeah. Uh, and so, and if, and if you don't, and, and it, it works like a charm how they keep us distracted. Look how long we talked about Joe Rogan instead of talking about myocarditis and the, uh, the unethicalness of, of mandates mm-hmm. uh, that we now know, and now we know that they've been, they were hiding data we now know that, that we've been lied to since the beginning of COVID right and by the way who, who people who are uh, suffered the most under COVID the, of course poor people poor black and brown people yeah. and uh, they, they've been crushed by this and uh, mm-hmm. and they weren't even given the, the medical advice that we all know is real like hey get your vitamin D3 up get your zinc up get, yeah. there's ways to get ready they still don't tell people about flu box I mean a billionaire had to fund his own uh, met, uh, his own his own scientific study mm-hmm. to prove that fluvoxamine worked against COVID, mm-hmm. right? And because you know why they weren't going to do it? Because they can't make money off it, yeah. right? Because it's cheap now, yep. right? So that's the whole thing. So they suppressed early treatments. There was always early treatments. Mm-hmm. They have monoclonals. They admit that monoclonals reduced your hospitalization by 80%. So if we're dealing with a disease that already has a low, according to Pew, the hospitalization rate was less than 1% for people who got COVID, less than 1%. So now if we have a drug that's approved that reduces that by 80%, so now we're way lower than 1%. But they're still making everyone think this is an emergency. Remember we were supposed to have the winter of death? That never happened. They were, we, we were told we're in the middle of a deadly pandemic and hospitals were overflowing and the pharma bought governor 
governor of New York State fired 72,000 healthcare workers in the middle of that. I don't think this is about healthcare. This has been a, a, a we've been lied to, a corporate con, uh, and and I don't know how long it's going to take people to, to wake up to that. But this is the kind, you know, who are you not allowed to criticize? Those are the people who rule you. And so you weren't allowed to say anything against the COVID narrative. And they even got people who consider themselves on the left to demonize anybody who questioned authority. They got people to shame people for questioning authority. I'm not making this up. We all heard people say disparagingly, oh, what are you going to do your own research? That's like one half turn of the screw away from shaming people for reading. Hey, what are you going to do? You're going to try and get informed on a medical procedure you're mandated to take? What are you crazy? That's, that's where we've gotten to in this country, where lefties are doing the propaganda of big pharma. It's the craziest thing. They have no skepticism, and they shame other people who actually, like me, who actually do step up and challenge the yeah. COVID narrative, which has been one lie after another lie after another lie after another lie. And where are all those people who were criticizing people like me for talking up when, when it was unpopular? Now that we're on our fourth or fifth booster, everybody's a little skeptical now because we all know that Dr. Anthony Fauci is, in fact, a criminal who has been lied in, uh, to us nonstop for his entire career and he's the highest paid guy in government yeah. and he gets fucking money from the drugs that he approved it's a it's non-stop corruption these yeah. guys are liars corrupt and well, i don't know what it is but a, a, any other corruption like that lefties would be screaming from the tops of the of their lungs about this but because it has something to do with covid and it's seen as you're you're going to own the trumpers if or, or you're going to somehow lose to the trumpers if you agree that we've been lied to about covid and anthony fauci is a criminal and that we should push back against unethical mandates we should reaffirm that as a, a value on the left uh and that, that that's that's just where we're at uh, Jay. Uh, so, and that, that's why we need free speech more than ever. And they want us to argue about Elon Musk instead of arguing about fucking free speech. I don't give a shit about Elon Musk. What I give a shit is about if we have free speech or not yep. in the town square. And where is the town square? It's right here on YouTube. It's right there on Twitter. And it's right there on Facebook. That is the town square. We all know that. Just like a private company couldn't regulate your telephone conversations, AT&T couldn't stop your phone uh, communication. They couldn't cut off your phone access because they didn't like what you were saying on the phone. The same thing is true for the YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. The same thing should be true of it. And we just found out, I reported it yesterday on my show, that Facebook has gotten caught planting fake stories in the newspaper because now the government is thinking about enforcing antitrust legislation around big tech and they can't have that so they are now planting these uh, uh these fake uh, op-eds and stories and videos everywhere to tell people that this kind of regulation is somehow a bad for workers and it's bad for our cause so they got caught doing that right and they didn't want people to know that they were behind that but they were so that so uh again we have to uh, turn facebook Twitter, YouTube, into a First Amendment zone, that in, you get to be on there and say whatever you want until you break a law or break or to break the First Amendment. We already have laws to deal with bad speech. We already have laws to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. But look what's, hey, look what's happening to Alex Jones right now. He's being sued into the poorhouse. That's called a deterrence. That's the system we have in the United States, not an unelected, uh, uh, shadowy, unnamed bureaucrat in Silicon Valley working in conjunction with the security state mm -hmm. uh, and the surveillance state to censor people, yeah. dissent, 
That's what it's not disinformation. It's dissent that they want to they want to silence. We've always had disinformation, and as I've said on my show, the biggest purveyors of disinformation are always first, first the government, and then second is the corporate media because it's owned by the billionaire class that also owns the government, and yeah. so that is the agenda. Just like Chomsky taught us, it is manufacturing consent, and that's what the corporate government is there to do. The billionaires. Pay, they buy the, the government, the government legislates, the corporation goes out, manufacturers consent for that bullshit agenda that the billionaires just paid for. And that's the world we're living in. And then yep. people like us come along and we go on YouTube and they say, oh, that's dangerous. They have free speeches, dangerous. We have to put guardrails on what they're saying. But the $50 billion military industrial complex giving that to MSNBC. No guardrails needed for that. They're all very responsible people, and they all just happen to be for war. And none of them ever happen to be against it, and they never bring the people on who have voices like mine. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, they were pushing the Iraq war, you know, in its early stages, you know, MSNBC. I mean, even look what they did to Phil Donahue. I mean, they literally right. ousted Phil, Don Phil Donahue because... He was di being the dissenting voice against the Iraq war. And, you know, and for, for many of us, we've gotten to the point where we've looked at the Democratic Party. Now, I'm not and, and I'm saying that as someone who was in the Democratic Party for only two years, as soon as I got into the political space, I came in the Democratic Party. I saw what it was. And then next thing you know, I, I hightailed it out of there. And the thing is, is that. I'm not going anywhere near the Republican Party because guess what? I already know their shit. But the problem is, is that do not give me a pile of shit and shape it like chocolate ice cream with sprinkles on top and tell me it's chocolate ice cream. Don't do that. That's what the Democratic Party is. Like everybody already knows the Republican Party is a pile of shit. It's like everybody knows that, you know, OK, whatever. But the thing is, is that if you see somebody picking up that quote unquote ice cream, right? You're going to tell them, no, 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 that's a pile of shit. Don't eat that. Why are you going to come to me and tell me otherwise? Because here's the thing. After looking, and this is going into the, the, the whole political nihilism, you know, speech that we've been seeing within the last uh, few weeks, actually, is that is it really nihilist to not only criticize the Democratic Party, but to also try to go into a different route that would help invoke change. Like, for instance, direct action. Also, looking at third parties. Uh, shout out to Dr. Jill Stein. She was on Savvy Savs uh, last night. Um, why aren't we being more... Uh, more sympathetic to that message. Why are why is it always considered a nihilistic approach when we want to go in a different direction other than the Democratic Party? Because it feels like every single time we send somebody there, next thing you know, boom. Next thing you know, we're, we're, we're sitting there disappointed because they either decided to fund the police that actually put their lives in danger. Yes, let's be real, because during January 6th, the police let them in and put their lives at danger. It wasn't, and, and why are you going to give them billions of dollars, right? Why are you going to give billions of dollars to people who put your life in danger instead of actually condemning them, number one. Number two, 
you know what's going on in, in, in Palestine and Gaza in regards to what Israel has been doing. Why are you going to switch your vote from no to present on the Iron Dome so that it can actually go through? And then on top of it, when you had a chance to actually force a vote on anything, you could have forced a vote on Roe v. Wade to try to get a Roe v. Wade bill and to have it codified into law, and you did not. You didn't do it for Medicare for All, not even during the pandemic. So here's my thing. If you are not willing to fight, because you can talk a great game, but I don't care if you lose the fight, as long as you do the fight, that's the, that's the point. Like, am, am I, am I crazy, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, no, you got to be willing to, but I wanted to give you a, a definition. This is uh, a definition of, of nihilism. Okay. It's, it says uh, a philosophy or family of views within philosophy that rejects generally accepted or fundamental aspects of human existence such as objective truth, mm-hmm. knowledge, morality, values, or meaning. Now, I would have, uh, the people uh, who are somehow trying to do the mental gymnastics to keep you voting for Democrats and keep you funneling your revolutionary progressive uh, energy into a pro-war anti-worker party, those are the people who are nihilists. And why would I say that? Because it seems to me that they are rejecting objective truth. And the objective truth is we've done this for my entire lifetime, and it got us Donald Trump. It got us 80% of people living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. We still don't have health care like the rest of the world. And we're spending a trillion dollars on war every year when we have homeless people under every bridge. So that is a rejection of objective. So that is that thing of, well, you know, do the same thing over and expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. So that's, to me, what those people are. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, that's a – that's a – rejecting objective truth. The objective truth is the Justice Democrats just voted for the war machine. They just voted for $40 billion while people don't have a formula for their babies, while people don't have health care, while people don't have a living wage, while people don't have anything. They have no COVID relief. They couldn't even get them a $2,000 check. And so this is a failed state. That's not a, that's not hyperbole. This is a failed state. We're, we're a half turn of the screw away from being Brazil. Uh, and the only thing that's keeping us propped up is the petrol dollar, which they're about to get rid of. So we're, we're in for a heap of trouble. So anybody who says uh, identifying the problem, which is what we're doing, yeah. that the problem is you keep giving your energy, money, time and votes to an anti-worker pro-war party. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And as yeah. Lawrence O'Donnell told us. Uh, before he had his job on MSNBC and he was in front of a camera, he said the only way you can get any of the ruling party to come to your way of thinking is to show them you're willing to not vote for them. And until the the left is willing to not vote for Democrats, they will have no power, which is why we have no power, which is why we have two right-wing parties that just voted for $40 billion for a proxy war and to send to the most corrupt state of Europe, with Mm -hmm. Ukraine, by the way. And so why we're funding Nazis while we won't fund our own people back here at home. So to me, that's nihilism. What is not nihilism is calling that out. What that's called courageous and revolutionary and saying, I'm not gonna participate 
in the two-party right-wing duopoly that has been oppressing and crushing everybody, that has been yeah. keeping us from health care, that has been keeping us from education, a living wage, and and having uh, homes for people. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to, so not participating in that is mm -hmm. the act, that's a revolutionary act. That's not an act of nihilism. Nihilism is telling people to keep doing the same thing over and to keep a, a denying objective truth that what you're doing is destructive. Mm -hmm. By participating in that system, that is destructive. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. And what we need is direct action. We yeah. need a thousand more Christian Smalls. We don't need a thousand more AOCs. Yeah. I'll fucking tell you that for sure. Well, uh, and, and I'm, uh, I'm going to, you know, add to your point. Uh, for people who are watching, me in particular, uh, look, I am a socialist, not a social democrat, not a democratic socialist. I'm a socialist. Many of us who are on the left said Bernie was the compromise. And when Bernie left his movement, let's be real, he left his movement. And when he decided to prop up the Democratic Party, we were like, okay, that's it, we're done, we're out. And that's what happened. And so we're at a point right now where we're like, you know what? You know, we're swinging for the fence. And like, I and I typically have the same thought as, as Savvy Savs is, Instead of going 80% electoral politics, 20% direct action, I'm flipping it and wanting to go 80% direct action and 20% electoral politics. Here's how direct action is so uh, powerful. And the thing is that the, the government knows that it's powerful. This is why they, they, they force this, you know, people to not do it. They, they, they're like, just vote. But the thing is, is that direct action is the most powerful tool that we have as citizens. Number one, the women's movement, right? The women's suffrage movement was a result of direct action, constant direct action, number one. Number two, the direct action for, uh, you know, civil rights, you know, for rights of those of us of black people and brown people abroad because, because of the Civil Rights Act, it actually allowed a lot of brown people to migrate here to also have equal rights to everybody else too. So with that, uh, and also, mind you, because of direct action, we literally got a racist to sign it into law. So if we could do that with a racist, LBJ, and sign it into law, if we can do that with, you know, with, with, with gay rights, things like that, then guess what? Direct action is the key because you can literally put fear into the hearts of politicians to get them to do what you want. Now, is it good to have ones that are favorable to you? Yes. But the thing is, is like I said before, you have to strong arm every single politician. I don't care if they are and as wonderful as she is, and I absolutely love her, Shama Sawant, but she's still a politician. You have to be able to strong arm ones that are as favorable and as awesome as Shama Sawant all the way to the ones that are like Rand Paul. You can strong arm them and put fear into them if you need to because they suppose they're they are your employees and the thing is is that we need to stop celebritizing them in our heads and making them our favorites and treating them as our employees and say no no we want this and if you don't get us this then well <laughs> i guess we're going out into the streets well, you know what's funny to me, Jay, is you see people who are calling us nihilists say, of course we have to hold our politicians accountable, and then they never hold them accountable. 
Do you know how you hold your politicians accountable? You stop donating to them and you stop voting for them and you tell other people to do the same. That's how you hold them accountable. And when you see people like David Sirota, a friend of the show, yeah. uh, when you see people like him saying stuff like that, saying, we, of course we have to hold them accountable, but we still have to vote for Democrats, he doesn't mean it. They don't mean to hold Democrats accountable because what that means is not voting for them. And they're always going to vote for Democrats. They're always going to do that. So that's just, that's called bullshit. Yeah. That's a bullshitter using mental gymnastics to keep you voting for an anti-worker, pro-war party. But, but, but Jimmy, okay, so, so this is what irks me. If you tell your kid to clean your room or you don't get ice cream, why in the fuck are you going to sit there and let their room stay dirty and you still give them ice cream? I'll give him ice cream. Why? Why? Like, and hold so up. What, Wait a minute. This so is this is asinine to me. It's like, okay, <laughs> so you're holding them accountable by keeping them in by donating twenty seven dollars to their Act Blue. Like, how is that holding them accountable? Also, while we're at it, if you're if you know that they're corrupt, if you know how bad they are. Why are you still supporting them? And there's like, well, they're the only route. Who told you that? Who told you that? Did they tell you that? Are you believing them? How many times have they lied to you? They've lied to you over and over. For the last 40 years, they've been lying to Longer than I've been alive. They've been lying to you. And you're sitting there still believing the BS? Like, come on. It's like, it's... It, it, it's going to the point of masochism to me because the thing is is that look let's be real my I'm on disability my disability check basically is 95% of my rent I literally gotta go fund me just to help me with my daily expenses I have a sibling that's that's literally sleeping on my couch in my living room because he's unhoused I literally have a sister-in-law that has to work paycheck, live paycheck to paycheck in order to raise three kids. So people can miss me with that. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. What, you know, my colleague from RBM Rome, you know, he's done more in Tour for the Poor and results of helping people with, you know, their lives than any of these politicians have ever had done. So it's like, why am I depending upon them? You know, so the whole thing is, and plus this 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 talk about nihilism is centered on the fact of people saying, oh, you guys don't have a plan. Yeah, we got a plan. We're going to get our ass out in the street. We're going to do what my uh, my ancestors and your ancestors, not ancestors, but the people who, you know, back in the 60s did in order to get us voting rights. We were out in the streets, Right. So why are we sitting here just saying don't vote? And then we'll get some that say, well, I do believe in it. It's like, then why aren't you out there? Like, so where were all those? Where, all, where were all those people during the fifty city Medicare for all march? I was out at that march. I, I was out there, there too. Yeah. So where were all those people when we had? You know, now all those people who are calling us nihilists are are giving lip service to the idea that oh, we need to have pressure campaigns on politicians. Well, there was one. It was called Cross the Vote. And uh, you guys uh, didn't support it, right? So when, yeah. when, a, when a pressure campaign came along, all you people calling us nihilists 
undercut it. And so they're all fucking phony. They're just there to sheep herd you back into a pro-war anti-worker party and fuck those people and tell them to get their head out of their ass and stop voting for their oppressor and stop telling people to keep supporting their oppressor. And until they do that, they're, they're, you know they're full of shit. Well, uh, you know what? And so, I mean, really, that so the people are saying right now, we need pressure campaigns. Of course we need pressure campaigns. There was one called Force to Vote. Nobody fucking should have to, have the left didn't show up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no left in America, right? These people would rather, pro- they, they would rather uh, protect politicians and shit on activists than actually get something done. It's remarkable to me. I got, I, I, you saw me. I mean, I was there. I put my, stuck my chin out and I got it fucking kicked in left and right and sideways every day, right? Yeah. I trended, I hate trended on Twitter for two fucking weeks, right? Two different weekends in a row. So uh, I, I, I've had smear pieces written about me. All kind of, people still attacking me, calling me a right winger because I'm attacking the Democrats who aren't doing what they're supposed to. So they want to call, and so they're protecting politicians. Yeah. So that's the situation we're left in, right? We're left that, now. Now people are, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, people, people who are fans, uh, people who are people who watch Breaking Points are now calling me a right winger. Uh, Isn't that ironic? Because I'm pretty sure that's hosted by a right-winger who who voted for right-wingers and Republicans. But somehow people who watch Breaking Points think I'm a right-winger. Isn't that funny? Gosh, it's crazy. It's it's asinine. I'm not sure if I like Sagers. I like Sagers. Sagers got different opinions on shit than me. Mm -hmm. But let's not make any mistake. Sagers a fucking right-winger. Yeah. Do you think you think Sager voted for fucking Trump for Biden? Are you kidding me? You think you, what? Sagar used to work for Tucker Carlson. I mean, uh, I, I mean, these are the same people. So uh, this idea, uh, so that's why, so that's just to silence someone like me. That's not that they actually believe that. No one actually believes that, but they just do that to try to discredit me, so that my message yeah. uh, gets suppressed. That's what this is about. Well, if I mean, if we're really being honest. Joe Biden's a right winger. How many people voted for him? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if you saw this video, but shout out to the Banks sisters, Courtney and uh, Keisha Banks. But uh, they created this video. I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, I want to get no, your... I, I can tell you for sure I didn't see it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to show this to you. I'll be honest. I, I make it a point not to watch my haters. So I, I really you. don't want to watch this because... Now, the reason why I don't watch my hate videos is because I know they're going to say something dishonest, and then it's going to make me want to respond. And now what they've done is elevate themselves because now Jimmy Dore is talking about them. And so I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk about people who nobody knows, who get no traction on their shit except when they're talking about me. So I don't want to give those people a platform. So I'd appreciate not watching this video. Okay. Um, it was. Wait, it so was. It was. Uh, it you can sum it up and tell me what the what the okay. what the argument was, and I'll respond to the argument. Okay. But I don't ever want to elevate people who bad faith attack me because that's okay. all that is. They can't get any traction on their own, so they bad faith attack Jimmy Dore, and that's called dick riding. And so they try to ride my dick for clicks and attention, and that's always a mistake to give those people attention. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't only about you it was those of us at rbn it was uh many of us who are on the left who uh are are not for the democratic party but it basically juxtaposed what they were saying versus what actually was going on um 
And oh, that was a, that was an edited together video you were going to yeah. play. That yeah. Oh, I'd play that. I'd like to see that. Okay. I'd see that. Okay. Um, I'm you know I'm at the end, but <laughs> but I, I think it's a, it's a great video that actually shows the hypoc. It's a video showing the hypocrisy uh, that many have been saying. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to show this. Um, it wasn't just to get your reaction to somebody who right. hates okay. on you. So. Uh, I got you. I got you. No, yeah. I, I don't think you're trying to do anything nefarious. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because other other than that, I wouldn't play him. But <laughs> so here we go. Okay. All right. I just look. I, I think that it's worth being skeptical of people who spend the majority of their time delegitimizing and dividing the left. I think it's worth questioning what the motivations are. I think it's worth being skeptical. Live stream at one point. Uh, it was like a three-day event, uh, and I checked in at their live stream at one point. They had like 300 viewers or something like that. And Just to let you know, he's referring to the General Strike Summit that you attended. Also, thank you for that, by the way, and that we had on RBN. Just as a reference. Gotcha. Not enough for General Strike yet. Look, I'm sure that both of these people have deep union organizing experience and labor experience. Uh, when we're talking about cancellation of student loan debt, we're talking about radically thinking about what it looks like to put financial power back into black people's hands. Like, can you imagine deciding to do a fucking general strike? Like, deciding to do a general strike educational seminar or whatever the fuck? Not bringing a single fucking labor union organizer to that? Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Trevor Beidelman. I'm the president and business agent of BCTGM Local 3G. Uh, we're currently the people that are on strike against the Kellogg Company. <laughs> and then ranting about fucking Twitter posts to 22 people. In 2019, that he called like April 1st or April 2nd. And when he called, he found out he had missed a $20 payment. Throw his truck into the Mohawk River. Over a late $20 payment to his Medicaid plan. What a pathetic, delusional, sad state of affairs that we're in. That more than even, if more than one other person, if it's not just these people's friends and families watching right now, if more than one person is watching this, it's sad. Like, that's so fucking sad. <laughs> I think pressure on politicians is good. If, um, the important thing is that, um, that, <laughs> in my perspective, uh, that the good faith, like, what is the agenda in pressuring the politicians? Sure, like that. Hey, what happened to that? What happened to that Martian Medicare for all you said you did do better six months ago? That was well done. Who put that together? That was well done. That was uh, Courtney and Keisha Banks, the Banks sisters. They are awesome. Uh, they have their own YouTube channel as well. Uh, they're friends of the show. I've had them on early on uh, in this channel, so yeah, they're really great. So yeah. uh, well, it just it 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 shows you how people have to bend themselves into pretzels to still somehow uh, shit on actual grassroots organizers uh, and then protect politicians and the status quo and still try to sell seem like they're outside the system somehow. No, yeah. you're not. That that that's you are. You are the system. You are the status quo. Uh, and that's why you guys have a problem with people to your left, right? And so 
the first thing they do when someone's to their left, they don't debate them. They first smear them, right? So they first have to smear and discredit. And that's what they did to you. So why would you want to shit on someone who's trying to start, uh, get raised consciousness about uh, workers or about unions or yeah. about uh, a general strike? Yeah. Why would you shit on people? You know, when that, uh, who's the climate change, the, but, uh, Gunberg, what's her name? I can't think of her name. You know, you know uh, Greta about. Thunberg. That Greta Thunberg, right? Yeah. So when she started, she was just one girl, and everybody uh, laughed at her. And the next thing you know, she started this uh, international movement. So that's how movements start. Movements start small, and to shit on them shows you that they're not really uh, your ally, right? So they're not really on board with what you're on board for because they would try and be. They would be trying to amplify what you're doing. They would be retweeting it and saying, this is what we need more of, and this is the kind of consciousness raising we need. They wouldn't be trying to uh, shame you for trying. That's the craziest yes. thing in the world. You're, you're shaming people for trying. Okay, that's the kind of same shit they did to Bernie. You're never going to win. You can't win. What do you? I mean, it's the same shit, but that, and that's who those people are. So, and it's yeah. obvious to anybody who's looking, and it's obvious to anybody who doesn't have health care, it's yeah. obvious to anybody who doesn't have a living wage, mm -hmm. it's obvious to anybody whose job got shipped overseas mm -hmm. because of outsourcing, it's, that's, those are the people, it's obvious to people who are under mountains of student debt, it's, oh, under, yeah. it's obvious to people who can't afford their medication, it's obvious to people who can't afford housing, so that shit is all obvious. Those people are playing to people who grew up in fucking cul-de-sacs. I didn't grow up in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> That's I, right. I mean, me look, neither. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you are. I mean, if it's almost like people see you as your James Doe from the door, the Chicago Doors. Oh my goodness, you must be <laughs> one of the Chicago Doors. You are prestigious. You have a pedigree of rich and wealthy people, aren't you? It's like, oh uh, yeah, no, no, and no. I am not. I, I'm a poor dude from Chicago. I'm a poor dude that was born in Camden, New Jersey. Like, <laughs> like was, don't uh, don't I was let this. I the south side of Chicago to a family of twelve kids. Twelve. Powdered. Oh, your parents weren't messing around. Fucking milk. <laughs> My dad had to work three jobs his entire life. Just all, just all fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, you know, um, I, I, we were poor. Uh, I grew mm -hmm. up poor, yeah. and there's no shame of that. And I'm glad I did mm -hmm. because it, it shaped me and it gave me a real world perspective. And I saw yeah. at a young age mm -hmm. the way the system was unequal, that the people who worked the hardest in the world were paid the least. And I found that I, you know, so I realized that yeah. at a very young age and how the inequities of the system. And I also grew up in Chicago. Uh, and I got to see how politics and power worked and oh, uh, yeah. Harold Washington. Uh, when he became the first black mayor of Chicago and how uh, uh, he overcame racism, not by demonizing his opponents, but by providing uh, services and outreach to the point where even racist whites who grew up in my neighborhood would admit to you, uh, not at the top of their lungs, but they would admit that, yeah, Harold Washington got stuff done. He wow. got he got our snow plowed. He got our garbage picked up. He got our streets clean. He got stuff done. He was pretty good. That that that's at the end. That's that. that so I grew up in that, right? So I've been formed by that kind of stuff, right? I, I see what uh, uh, what what happens when people have their mind open. 
Yeah. Right. And how do you do that? You do that with outreach and by providing services for people. You have to have a message for those people. Right. You yeah. can't just try to write them off like Hillary Clinton and call half the country fucking deplorables. No, those same people are living right next door to me, being oppressed by the same goddamn rapacious oligarchy, capitalistic system that I'm being suppressed under. OK. Yeah. And and was for most of my life. Right. And so uh, I don't know what people think, but uh, uh I, I, you know, working as a road comedian is not a, uh, a glamorous lifestyle. I slept on uh, many shitty couches, many shitty condominiums. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a it's a hard life. The road as a comedian, but I was yeah. glad to do it. I'm not. I'm here. I'm not saying I'm a victim or anything. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying I'm not a, I know what hard work is. I was. I, I worked in construction. I worked in masonry. Yeah. Uh, for at least ten to fifteen, probably. Well, depending on how you count, I started doing comedy and I would still do masonry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, for probably 15 years. So I, I, I was a union, uh, I used to load trucks at UPS. I was a, a teamster. Uh, and so I'm not, uh, uh, I know what it's like to be a, a blue collar working guy. That's who I am. That's what's in my blood. Yeah. That's who I am. Okay. And um, I know what it's like to go bankrupt from medical bills. Right. That happened to me. I didn't have I didn't have a rich dad to call and say, hey, I need you to give me money because I, I, I've got two hundred thousand dollars of medical bills. I didn't have that. I just, you know, I had to take out the second loans and now this this and go into all kinds of debt. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, um, yeah, I, I yeah. So this whole idea, this. So but that's the again that we talked about that. That's the what the establishment does. Right. Yeah. They, they don't they don't uh, ever debate your ideas when you're to the left of them. They smear and they call you all right. I mean, it's the it's the greatest mind trick of all time, right? They could they could get you again, like a guy like Joe Rogan, who never voted for a Republican in his life, endorsed Bernie fucking Sanders, and of course they're going to call that guy all right. Of course they have to do that because they can't let because he because he also sometimes talks to people on the opposite side of the political aisle than him, and they can't let that happen. You have to hate those people because of. Because if you start talking to those people, you're going to soon discover you have the same needs. You know, uh, I saw a video yesterday of, uh, oh, somebody found a video of Louis C.K., of all people. Uh, I didn't know he knew anything, thought about politics, but he said what I've been saying. And uh, I had a guy from the World Socialist website on my show one time. Mm -hmm. And uh, hang on, let me check. Let me switch. My earbuds are dying, so i got to switch this. Let me how is that? Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. okay. So, um, I just always, so we got and I have just gotten the, Oh, I can't hear you. Interview. You can't hear me now? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Let me fix it. I'll fix it. Hold on. Give me a second. Is yeah. it good? Is it yeah. Working? Okay. Yeah, we're good. And so the on my show you can hear me still. Uh, I can't worry. Uh, Hold on. and so I was interviewing this is it is it freezing again no 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 no, it's not freezing I was just yeah it, it sounds a little bit different but you're good okay let me try this though let me put these in how was that can you hear me now speak uh testing Hello, testing one. No. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, uh... Uh, while he's doing that, I uh, just want to give a shout out to Nick, Socials MMA. Also, make sure to follow him. Make sure to follow Savvy Sabs and all of us at Revolutionary Blackout Network. We're still tuning in while Jimmy's getting uh, that technical difficulty fixed. But it's so good to see every single person here that is watching. Uh, also, if you guys have not uh, yet you know, liked the stream, make sure to give me a thumbs up. And also, make sure to subscribe if you are not subscribed to... Uh, the channel as well uh, by the way later this evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time I'm gonna have on Fiorella Isabel uh, from the MCSC Network she will be joining me uh, today and then on Saturday I will be having on Kit Cabello from Hardlands Media so make sure to also tune in for that Fiorella will be on at 8 p.m. tonight uh, Kit Cabello will be on at 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday so be sure to catch me there uh, so uh, if you guys are just now tuning in, but yeah, one of the things that I honestly uh, wanted to, you know, uh, just one second. Uh, you're still muted. How about that? Does that yep. sound better? Yep. Perfect. Okay. Fantastic. Sorry about that. No, no. It's so the all good. I, so I was telling the story about I was interviewing this Boogaloo boy because I had seen him to give a speech. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he was given a speech with a, somebody from Antifa and somebody for, with a, uh, an LGBTQ flag. Yeah. And he was talking about how we have more in common than separates us and let's come together to fight against the oligarchy. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. So I had him on my show to find out what he was about because I didn't know any. I never heard of Boogaloo Boys before. Uh -huh. And he told me that uh, they were he and his faction. I guess I guess there's different factions of Boogaloo's. Yeah. But the ones that he was, they were there to provide, they provide security for Black Lives Matter. So they were pro-Black Lives Matter. They were pro-LG. In fact, he told me he was gay. Mm -hmm. And he told me that they, ha and they were anti-racist, that they were set up as a response to the Proud Boys, that they didn't want to be uh, associated with racists. They didn't want to be yeah. associated with that kind of hate. Mm -hmm. They were just fucking, uh, you know, libertarian gun nuts who uh, wanted to end the wars, hated Trump, hated cops, and were pro. And I was like, that was, that was wild, right? So then... The next guy I had on my show was the next interview was this guy from the World Socialist website, and he was like, "That was horrible what you did. You should never platform that guy." I'm like, "You sound like a fucking infiltrator. You sound a guy like who's bent on division, and you call yourself an organizer. That's not how you organize. You got to." I said, "What's your message for that guy? That guy agrees with you on six out of ten issues." He goes, "I don't have a message for that guy." And I was like, "Well, that's why nobody ever heard of you because that's not how you organize. You know, when Christian Smalls organized." in Staten Island, uh -huh. he didn't go to the shop floor and go, hey, who's Sarah Boogaloo boy? You're out. Who's Sarah Trumper? You're out. Who's Sarah Gunnut? You're out. Who's Sarah's a Libertarian? You're out. Who's left? Now I'm going to organize with you. That's not how fucking organizing works. And he yeah. knows that. That guy was an infiltrator. And that's how they separate people and keep us from coming together to make economic pro uh, uh, progress is they keep I can keep focusing on identity politics, keep you hating your neighbor. Yeah. And I tell people, don't hate your neighbor. Your neighbor didn't do this to you. The oligarchy did this to you. And your neighbor's being punished just like you are. So yeah. love your neighbor. Come together. Keep your eye on the prize. And you got to have a message for those people. Yeah. Because I'm not, I, you know, uh, uh, 
so anyway, right now, those same people who made me negatively trend on Twitter for uh, two weeks in a row, those same people are now applauding funding literal Nazis in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. But you know what? The larger point is, I, I, as somebody that's a socialist, the left is not very big. Let's be real. The left is not very big. Wouldn't it be advantageous? And I'm not talking about the people that are white supremacist or TFG or people like that. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about just a regular run-of-the-mill person that has been propagandized by, by both factions of the same party. Wouldn't it be best to try to convince them of your position to move them to your side through a class analysis so that they realize that they have been duped by both parties. And then they can see that, because if, if I went to someone who considers themselves a conservative and I say, I understand you're conservative, okay? Um, wouldn't it be better if you, number one, made a living wage so that you can spend more time with your family? Number two, you actually had a democratic say over your workplace and you also partially owned it. So therefore, you can make a determination. Plus, it makes you an, entre an entrepreneur automatically. Wouldn't that be better for you as, a, as someone who is conscious of family? Or what, what about, you know, the planet that we live on? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, aren't you going to go the same route as Teddy Roosevelt when he was very, you know, environmentally conscious? I mean, and, and then you can move them to your to your position in that way and say, well, that's what socialism is. It's workers owning the means of production and distribution and you having a say over your workplace and having a democratic say over that. And the thing is, is that that's literally what you do is you argue your position. But just to write people off, because, look, I would look, I was sitting there with tears in my eyes over Obama back in 2008, even though I wasn't involved in the democratic process. I was still kind of like, oh, my God, Obama. Now I'm like, well, screw that guy, because he wasn't really the deal that I thought he was. But the thing is, is that you can do the same thing to liberals. And, and I'm saying this right now with everybody watching. If Crystal and Kyle, if Mike Figueredo, if David Dole, if all these people, if all if they all wanted to have me on in order to talk about pushing more for direct action because I, I i put this i even put this out towards anna kasperian i tagged her because of the whole roe v wade thing she was like i'm done with the democrats and i was like good basically she because she was sounding just like you jimmy and i was just like okay if you really do feel that way then let's talk shoot me a dm or tag me and then let's have a conversation about being more heavy, a heavy handed approach towards direct action so that we can actually fix and get the tangibles for people within this nation. Because let's be real. You guys, I'm sorry, not you, but all these people who I mentioned, plus TYT, they have millions of subscribers that they can help activate into doing these things as putting feet in the streets in order to, to to give ourselves more tangible change. And if that is the case, then let's get together and let's do the damn thing. But the thing is, is that every single time 
we try to say or do something, it's you're doing it wrong. And it's like, okay, if we're doing it, if we did the Medicare for March for Medicare for all wrong, if we did the General Strike Summit wrong, if we did the anti-imperialist summit that we just did wrong, if we did the third party summit we just did wrong, then show us how it's done. Do it because like like somebody I'm not even going to mention his name, but somebody was like, oh, well, you guys are doing the Medicare March for Medicare for all wrong. I was like, OK, if you feel that way, you they did that in six months, about 52 cities in six months. OK, you guys got six months. Make your own March for Medicare for all. Invite me. I will come and I will speak at your March for Medicare for all as well, because it's about the policy and it's about doing it for the people. Uh, 10 months later and nothing, <laughs> nothing. And so I'm like, okay, you told us to do like, look, if you're going to tell us that we're, we're doing this wrong, then put your money where your mouth is and show us how it's done. Like boo boo, please show us how it's done. Because the thing is, is that at least we're trying at least we're trying. Look, what is voting? What? Standing in a line for a couple of hours? For some people, it's six, seven, eight hours, which is asinine. But once you do that, it's like, okay, my job is done. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Look at the people who in times gone past are our beloved leaders that have actually led these these movements on the ground. They, they started the job way before the vote started. And they did it. They continued that job with feet on the ground during the voting, and they continued it after the voting. Because the point is, is that, and I'm not saying completely leave electoral politics, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is a more heavy-handed approach towards what the actual power of people is, is to get your ass out in the street in order to make change. I mean, and that's, and, and I... And people literally are, you know, say, calling me a grifter and a right winger simply because <laughs> I'm telling you to, you know, basically push for less capitalism and less imperialism and, 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 and also, you know, for the rights and codifying a woman's right to her, her own body, you know, body autonomy, because I truly believe in that. It's like, really? So I, I, I kind of feel what you're coming from, Jimmy. Uh, the only, uh, you know, we were at this point in 2000 when Ralph Nader ran the first time, right? Yeah. So th- he saw what what has happened, and you know, Bill Clinton uh, gutted welfare at the same time he exploded the prison population, yeah. and demonized black and brown kids, and Hillary called them super predators, yeah. And then he went on to deregulate Wall Street, which crashed our economy within 10 years and hurt who. The worst yeah. black and brown people, and uh, and then you know, and Bernie supported him after he did all that shit, and um, and and here we are, and so here we and, and these are the fr- and so the fruits of that doing the fruits of Bill Clinton is Donald Trump. I mean, yeah. that's there's a direct line. So when when yes. when Barack Obama uh, decides to kick 5.1 million families out of their homes instead uh. of saving their homes. Yeah. He, he, what he did was he bailed out the bankers and threw the people in the street. The result of that is Donald Trump. 
When instead of giving people health care, you give them a corporate right-wing giveaway to the health insurance companies and big pharma, instead of giving people Medicare and health care, and now they still can't. Because, you know, when a person has a a $3,000 deductible, they don't go to the doctor with their poor. So Barack Obama did not bring the health care to those people, right? So... But instead of uh, stopping our drug war in South and Central America, and instead of devastating and overthrowing socialist governments so that we create refugees that have to come here to this United States, instead of stopping doing that, Barack Obama did it, he ramped it up, and then he deported more Hispanics than all the presidents since 1890 combined, and he built those cages that our kids are in. You know what that leads? That leads to Donald Trump. So we are here because of the... Uh, Democratic Party's capitulation to the war machine and Wall Street. And that's what we get. We're back to the same thing. We're back to the same problem. And these people want you to think that they're uh, they're a better person than you because they voted for Joe Biden, who's a race warmonger, who is the architect of our uh, uh, incarceration, our, our criminal. We're the largest penal colony in the fucking world. We imprison more people than China. And that's due directly to Joe Biden. And somehow you're a better person if you vote for him. That's just, you're not. You're... Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, oh. while, while, I'm, while I'm at it, let's be honest. Who extended the Bush tax cuts? That's right. Hmm? Who extended it? And, and, and I made this point in a tweet uh, about a day ago? Somewhere around there. When they are giving subsidies to the oil companies... When they are uh, constantly giving subsidies to Big Pharma, when they are literally sending money to governments like Saudi Arabia, Ukraine, and Israel that are causing atrocities uh, against people, especially you know black and brown people, um, when they are doing coups around the world. Like what they're trying to do in places like um, like Somalia, when they are literally funding and giving money to the fossil fuel industry by approving fracking things like that, when they get all these this money and they give that to them, but they only give you fourteen hundred bucks and say you're on your own, it shows where their priorities are. And this goes back to Clinton, it goes to Bush. It goes to Obama, it goes to Trump, and it goes to Biden. The thing is, is that people need to realize not one of them give a shit about you. And this is the thing that we have been trying to convey to people, is that you save us. We save us. Right? Uh, So that's the point that I've been trying to make. Um, I didn't want to take too much of your time. Um, Are you okay for a couple more minutes or are you needing to go? You're cutting in and out. I'm sorry. Jimmy, you still there? Jimmy? Hmm. 
think he's having some technical difficulties at the moment. Can you guys still, uh, Sula Moon said FBI got him. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, can you guys still hear me? Am I still coming through clearly in the chat? Let Please let me know. Uh-oh, dropped off. Okay. I think he'll be back in a second. But yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the point that, you know, we have been trying to make. I mean, I am, you know, sick and tired of seeing uh, people who are, and I'm not just talking about the houses, people who are living out in the street, all right? If we're really going to talk about truly improving the lives of people, what about the people who are living in motels right now? What about the people who are sleeping on other people's couches or having to... Uh, you know, double up in, in a single family home. Like, let's talk about them. What about the, you know, the, the kids that are still in cages under the Biden administration? That has not changed under Barack Obama. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe Biden. Oh, Biden. <laughs> but what about them? Huh? Like, it, it, it's asinine to me to still think that that the Democratic Party is still a party. It, it, it was never truly the party of working people. Maybe, maybe 60, 70 years ago, but not now. And like, for instance, my life is still shit. You know, <laughs> I'm within a hair's breadth of the poverty line, by the way, which needs to be updated because it's wholly inadequate. I'd be honest with you, if, if you're, if you're, pulling in less than $50,000 a year, especially if you live in places like uh, New York and New York, Chicago and LA, then you're basically in poverty. If you're having to spend more than 25% of your income on your rent or mortgage, yeah, yeah, you're not doing so well. And I wish mine was at least 50% of what I pay for rent, but it's not. And the thing is, is that a lot of us are at a point right now where we we have such a sense of urgency. We are sick and tired of waiting. We're tired of it because the thing is, is that every single point, you know, we're always told just wait for more progressives to get into Congress. And it's like we can't wait any longer. Look. I am disabled. I'm on kidney dialysis. I go dialysis three days a week. Like, I can't wait any longer, you know, because my rent's about to go up in a, in a couple months. And I can and I can barely afford that. I got a mama that's damn near 71 still looking for a job, man. So why in the world are we continuing to go down this path now if you still want to do that okay fine but get out in them streets too and my thing is is that I get that some people feel like there's really not any other recourse that they have but my thing is is that okay 
But when it comes to actually pushing towards direct action, what are you doing? I'm talking about the people who are in this independent media space. Are you having more activists on? Are you having more people who look like me on? And not just the same few who continue to rotate your channel. Are you having us on? Like why, you know, people don't want to talk about how many, uh, how many people who are, um, okay, Jimmy just said his internet went out. Convenient. <sighs> Things don't work right when you need them to. Sorry about that, Jimmy, if you're watching. <laughs> Man. And, and you know what? Shout out to uh, Ron Pacone. Because Ron Pacone talks about how we need municipal broadband. Uh, yeah, this is one of the issues. <laughs> this is one of the issues because we don't have things like this as well. Jeez Louise. And, you know, look, how many people who are from Haiti that were deported or blocked from, from entering this country as refugees? Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the human rights abuses of the United States government that Trump and Biden have given weapons to Saudi Arabia to use in a proxy war in Yemen. Like, look, we can talk about Ukraine, right? But that's been talked about ad nauseum, right? Let's talk about Yemen. Let's talk about Syria. Let's talk about uh, uh, Somalia. Right. Let's talk about the the people in Afghanistan that are literally being starved to death. Children being starved. And then on top of it, let's talk about the fact that we literally have a baby formula, you know, shortage, a crisis here in this in this country. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it even though, even if some people aren't saying it, these companies don't give a shit about your babies. These capitalists don't. No. The only reason why they actually care about your kid, your baby, is because they see them as a potential laborer to enrich themselves. That's the only reason why. They see the future economic value of your kid. They don't see it, your, the human value of your child. They don't care about you, they don't care about your kids. And the police, well, they're just a muscle for the rich. That's all they really are. That's all they really are. So, I mean, look, this is one of the reasons why I'm talking about it. And you can't sit here and tell me that Joe Biden was harm reduction when Joe Biden is literally doing all the same things that Trump did. He can say that he's not. He can be like, oh, well, you know, um, I'm not like Trump. But just because he says it, then doesn't mean a damn thing. Hang on, I'm going to text Jimmy really quick.
Okay. Had to make sure I texted Jimmy really quick because I didn't want him to think I was ignoring him. Uh, and also, uh, if he's watching, then I just want to thank him for coming on. Um, but yeah, so one of the reasons why this, this channel exists is because I feel kind of like an, an outlier. You know? Because... How many people like okay, I fit I fit, you know, the the identity politics part of the gay part. Okay, yeah. Right? I fit the black part, okay? Which there's not that many of us in this space until Revolutionary Blackout came. You have people like Unapologetic that also came into the space. Uh you had Savvy Sabs uh already in this space. You know, you had a few of us, but not a lot. Um, and then on top of that, having the disability, right? And then an another part is I'm literally streaming and I'm like <laughs> struggling. Uh, like even yesterday, I didn't have enough money to get home from dialysis. And it was $2.50. I didn't have enough. Until that deposit from GoFundMe came in and I literally had, you know, the money to get home. I literally was calling my brother and my mom, like, uh, can you guys cash out me $2.50 so I can get home? So, let's be honest. How many people are in my situation that are literally talking to you? I literally have, like, over 500 people watching right now. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of people who, you know, if they struggled like I did back in the day, they're definitely not struggling now, and it feels like their sense of urgency has waned. And then you have some that never have been in my situation at all financially, and they still don't have a sense of urgency. See, that sense of urgency right now is what's, excuse me, pushing us to say, look, this isn't working. It's not helping me right now. It has not helped me in the last 10 years. It has not helped me in the last 15 years. It has not helped me in the last 20 years. So with that being said, let's go into a new direction. And it's not a directionless direction. It's a time-honored direction that has been done by revolutionaries in the past that has actually worked. This is the point that we're trying to make, is that, okay... The establishment, the, the powers that be, knew that direct action. They knew that getting our ass out in the streets. And not by ass out in the streets, what I mean is actually doing tangible things to affect your community, whether it be direct action or mutual aid. That's what I mean. They knew that that was something that worked. And so, to defang to declaw that they said you guys don't have to do all that just vote just vote and that's all you have to do voting is turning the ignition key direct action is pushing the accelerator your car won't do shit unless you actually take it out of park and push the accelerator. I can turn over the engine all I want, but
But if you don't put your foot in that accelerator, it ain't going to do shit. It's just going to sit there. Maybe if you take it out of park and put it in neutral or drive, it may just roll slowly. But it's going to take you a long ass time to get to your destination. And some of us will not be able to live before you get to that destination. And as the planet is literally dying and, you know, it's going to shit right now, to be honest with you, we need to we need to put a lead foot on that gas pedal. And the problem is, is that I don't see that going through the Democratic Party. I don't see it. And I don't see it doing just exclusively or a heavy handed approach towards electoral politics. To be honest with you, it has to be direct action. And people can disagree with me all they want, but guess what? It scared Washington when people were protesting in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses. It scared them. It scared them. So much so that the governor of my state, Ron DeSantis, actually wrote, put in a law making it illegal for us to protest in front of people's houses. He made it a law. Why? Because they're scared. Because they know that it works. So going that route isn't nihilistic. It's realistic. And this is the point that we've been trying to make. Me, Savvy Savs, Nick, Rome, CJ, Josana, all of us at RBN, those of us at, M- you know, our friends at MCSC Network, at the Indie News Network, by the way, also subscribe to the Indie News Network, and, you know, shout out to, to Indie Left, uh, they also always put uh, together these newsletters of all of us on Indie Left Media, Independent Left Media, and then they put it out, make sure to give them a follow too, but, yo, <laughs> We, we can't wait. So, I'm at a point right now where I just, I, I'm, you know, I feel like, it's like, nah, now we have to put our power behind it. Now we have to really weird out, wield our power. Because we've been talked out of wielding our power for too long. We've been talked out of wielding our power for so long, to the point where, we even start are starting to have people who say, oh, we don't we, we, we really can't do that. And then there's a speak of civility, right? Right? Oh, you guys can't you guys can't be protesting like this because it's uncivil. Let me tell you something. A hundred thousand people dying every single year because they don't have health insurance, either because they're not insured or underinsured, that's uncivil. Contributing money to a country that is doing apartheid against the people and doing an illegal occupation against them, that's uncivil. Contributing $40 billion to a country where it has a heavy influence of Nazis is not civil, right? Not very civil. A country that's literally bombing uh, and starving children all because they have oil. Yeah, that's not civil. 
putting an embargo against a uh, a country because we don't like their economic approach, even though they have some of the best outcomes of health in the world, even though they raise their literacy rates, their literacy rates astronomically, you know, when they start to go through a socialist approach. Is that civil? Us people who look like me being gunned down in the streets because of a mass shooter with a badge and giving more money to them, is that civil? Is it civil that we literally are approving of the substances out of the earth to burn it for energy, for profits, and then making our earth uninhabitable? Is that civil? Is it civil that we have hundreds of thousands of people that are houseless in this nation? Is that civil? You tell me. See, that's the thing. Everything's cattywampus. Everything is out of whack right now. And so, if we're going to go the route of civility then let's truly be civil, right? Let's be civil enough so that we don't have homelessness. Let's be civil enough that people do not have to go without health care. Let's be civil enough that we can allow, you know, other nations to have their own autonomy instead of sending our CIA agents to do a coup in their government so that they so that our government can install a public dictator to do what they want for the sake of corporations. Let's let, 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 let's stop that for a second. Maybe just maybe we can do that. Or maybe we can stop, you know, giving subsidies to these oil companies. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe we can improve our world in that way. Maybe we can give land back to the indigenous people. Maybe we can provide true, true reparations. I'm not talking about just a check. I'm, no, no, no. I'm talking about changing this entire nation first and then giving recompense, restitution to the people who have been stolen. Maybe we can do that. Maybe. But yeah. They're, they're full fake uh, civility. We see through it. We see past it now. Both parties. We're done. So, yeah. Anyway. Um... Yeah, what Tony Plow said, fuck civility and unity. We need humanity and solidarity. So, oh yeah. Nut Prescott says, end the drug war. Absolutely. <laughs> Drugs won the drug war, so, <laughs> well, might as well stop. Might as well treat drug addictions as a health crisis that it actually is instead of criminalizing it. 
Good to see you, Robin. And everybody who's in the chat. Uh, Jay, get uh, Joy Braun from Standing Rock. I would love, you know, to talk to people who are at Standing Rock, um, especially the water protectors. Uh, they've been, they're doing the Lord's work out there, so I, I would definitely love to have a conversation with them. Also, by the way, if any of you guys are watching and have access to, to Ralph Nader, please tell him I want to have him on. I would love to have a conversation with Ralph Nader. And also, I want to have a talk with Dr. Joe Stein. Please, Joe, Dr. Stein, please come on my show. I would love to have you on too, um, to have, you know, a, a conversation. Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, uh, I'm finishing up right now, but I want to thank Jimmy, you know, you know, at the end, technical issues, it happens to all of us. <sighs> Corporations, they focus more on, 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 on money you know, they focus more on the money than the actual efficiency of running things, <laughs> you know, because if they truly focus on the efficiency of running things, then shit like this would be a lot more rare, but they don't. This is why what happened in Texas a couple years back happened. But I want to give a warm and, you know, bountiful thank you to Jimmy Dore for joining me today. Um, uh, it was a privilege to have you on and, uh, there's some other questions that I wanted to ask some more fun questions, but hopefully when I have you back on next time, uh, we can actually talk about those. Um, and, uh, if you aren't subscribed to the Jimmy Dore channel, make sure to subscribe though. I don't think he needs much help from me. Um, also if you guys can, uh, please, if you have not liked the stream, please make sure to give it a like. And if you are not subscribed then what the hell are you doing? You know, please, <laughs> please subscribe. I'll give you cookies. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and look, my mantra, my motto is leave the world better than you found it. Right. What does that mean? That means that you don't have to change the entire world. Just help somebody in their little world at least a little bit, then you change their world at least a little bit, at least for a day, at least for a hot second. Leave the world better than you found it. That can be through beautiful things like mutual aid. By the way, if you guys can go to mutualaidhub.org, that is a great resource. Uh, I just, uh, right there on the banner, uh, that's a great resource to find different mutual aid programs that you can also help contribute to people. Also, make sure to donate to Rome's Tour for the Poor, CJ's Mutual Aid Forever, uh, and please make sure to watch us at RBN. I will be on the roundtable in about 25 minutes. I got to get there ready. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Also, please make sure to come back at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I'll be talking to Fiorella Isabel from the MCSU Network and Convo Couch. I cannot wait to have her on. It will be refreshing, like it'll be refreshing, like uh, 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 like club soda with a spritz of lemon on a hot summer day. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So I can't wait to also have her on. Um, be sure to water yourselves, people. Water your plants. 
leave the world better than you found it. And like I always say, <laughs> smoke them if you got them. Love you. Kisses. Forehead. Mwah! Forehead kisses on all y'all. All you beautiful people. I can't wait to see y'all a little bit later. You guys are the best. One, two, three, four. Lee got Jimmy Dore. Ah. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Why the hell y'all watch this show? But anyway, I love you. Bye. Solidarity.